This week, Brightspeed pulls $3.9 billion debt offering. Cineworld judge denies Cineplex stay requests. Debtors call any recovery to junior stakeholders gift. SAS judge calls RSA approval motion flagrant violation of bankruptcy code. Hello and welcome to the Rear Podcast, where we bring the latest developments in high yield, distressed debt, and bankruptcy. I'm David Zupkis. We'll be taking a brief break from our deep dive segment this week. We'll be back soon with more premium content. It's Friday, September 30th. Apollo backed Brightspeed announced in a press release this week that it had pulled an offering of $3.865 billion in loans and bonds to support ILEC carve-out from Luma Technologies. The deal had struggled as investors questioned the Apollo-sponsored entity's plan to convert the copper wire network acquired from Lumen to fiber in the face of macroeconomic headwinds. The company said that it expects to commence a debt financing transaction at some point in the future. Brightspeed began marketing $1.865 billion in seven-year senior secured notes and $2 billion term loan on September 16th, with proceeds slated to support the buyout. As reported, initial whispers for the notes were for an 8% coupon and an OID to obtain a 10% yield. The financing package also included a $1 billion term loan A and a $3 billion equity contribution from Apollo, including a $1.867 billion hold co loan and $1.437 billion of rolled Embark notes. Although the notes and term loan had been scheduled to price this week, the deal faced serious challenges on multiple fronts. An ad hoc group of Embark note holders had mounted a challenge to subordination of their debt, while other investors were wary regarding the Covenants package, which according to analysis done by Rear Covenants, would allow Apollo's equity contribution to create $6 billion of secured debt capacity or $3 billion of restricted payment capacity. The company has warned that it expects negative free cash flow until it has reached the inflection point in the investment program. Investors have also expressed concern over supply chain, labor costs, and other inflationary challenges that could result in higher costs and prolong the build-out of the fiber network. On Wednesday, Judge Michael Wells declined to approve the SAS debtor's uncontested motion to approve a restructuring support agreement and new 5.5-year collective bargaining agreements with the debtors' pilots' unions. Judge Wells compared the union agreement to the controversial claim settlements in the Latham Airlines case, where the debtors were accused of improperly procuring planned votes through claim settlements prior to DS approval. The judge called the SAS Union RSA's voting requirement a flagrant violation of the planned solicitation requirements in the bankruptcy code and said the proposed RSA does not remotely resemble a true RSA because it lacks any description of agreed-upon plan terms. Judge Wiles also found that the debtors failed to sufficiently justify the basis for the amount of the proposed claim settlement, which would grant the pilots a non-priority general unsecured claim in the aggregate amount of 1 billion Swedish krona, or approximately 100 million U.S. dollars, with aggregate distributions on the claim capped at 100 million Swedish krona, or approximately 10 million U.S. dollars. The judge cited his primary concern as the absence of a good explanation as to why the settlement was reasonable. Debtors said they will re- revisit the agreement with the pilots' unions to discuss modifications consistent with the judge's remarks. On Wednesday, Judge Marvin Isger denied Cineplex's emergency motion to modify the automatic stay in the snow-rolled cases, calling the request premature. Cineplex sought stay relief to complete Canadian appellate proceedings on its $955 million judgment claim against Cineworld tied to the company's failed merger, arguing that it should be permitted to liquidate the claim because finality in the dispute would advance Cineworld's restructuring. At the hearing, the debtors' counsel announced that Cineworld is working on filing a plan and disclosure statement by October 31st, stating that he would not be going out on a limb to say that the secured lenders would be converting a substantial amount of their indebtedness into a substantial amount of equity in the cases because they are impaired. 
He added that any recovery to junior stakeholders would be a gift and that the only class that would need to vote in favor of the plan would be the secured lenders. Earlier in the week, National City Media LLC, or NCM, moved for emergency adequate protection on account of set-off rights with respect to certain upcoming payments due under its in-theater advertising relationship with Center World Debtors Regal Cinema, Inc. and Regal Cinema Holdings, LLC. The payments would be on account of the theater access fees due under the party's exhibition services agreement. Top print stories this week included... SDNY judge approved closure of Lehman Brothers, Inc. SIPA estate, concluding largest and most complex liquidation history 14 years after a 2008 financial crisis. Non-returning 2016 Revlon term loan lenders pressed for a rehearing of Second Circuit ruling on Citibank mistaken transfers, accused Circuit Court of creating new rules of New York law. U.S. markets under pressure as Fed hikes rates, companies warn of weakening consumer, European primary markets active again ahead of tougher macro outlook, China relaxes home purchase restrictions in certain tier two cities, Asia's U.S. dollar high yield market remains closed to new issues, trades on technicals, rumors. X-Claim faces potential sanctions for publicly filing non-public, personally identifiable information of court personnel in miscellaneous proceeding. And now here's Kathy Ta from Los Angeles with the week ahead. Hello, this is Kathy Ta, and the week ahead is a lighter week of events. On Wednesday, October 5th, Judge Marvin Isker will hold a hearing in Sanchez Energy's adversary proceeding against Carnero GNP regarding the debtors' rights to restructure their midstream contracts. At the hearing, Carnero will push for dismissal of the adversary complaint because it says the claims are unripe or moot. On Friday, October 7th, the Altera infrastructure debtors are slated to be in court to get approval of their disclosure statement and dip on a final basis. However, the UCC has asked for a continuance of this hearing in light of the case party's agreement to engage in mediation, which took place this week. The UCC indicated that a consensual continuance could be reached if sufficient progress was made in mediation. That same day in Celsius Network, Judge Martin Glenn will consider three pending matters related to the potential return of customer assets held in the debtor's custody and withhold accounts. The motions were filed by the debtors, the ad hoc group of withhold account holders, and the ad hoc group of custody holders. At a September 14th hearing, the judge encouraged all three parties plus the UCC to confer on an agreed path forward on all three matters. That's it for me on this Friday, September 30th. Fun fact, on this day in 1947, the World Series was broadcast on TV for the first time in a game that saw the New York Yankees beat what was then the Brooklyn Dodgers 5-3 in Game 1. The Yankees went on to win the series four games to three. The Dodgers later moved to Los Angeles, where the team has stayed since 1958. Now back to you in New York. Thank you again for listening to this REAR Weekly Review. You can find all our podcasts on the REAR.com webinars and podcast page, as well as Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, and Amazon. Hope your families are healthy and safe. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next Friday.